Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. Uh, this one was a pretty unique one as we got to go down to Mueller Sports Medicine, which I personally have gotten the privilege to go down to multiple times and have seen the entire campus. And if for every reason you find yourself in Wisconsin in the Madison area, highly recommend you reach out and try and go set up a tour. The place is awesome and you just have no idea that it's there. Uh, based on the city it's in and what they do um, on a global scale. But uh, we actually got to go up into the late owner, Kurt Mueller's house, uh, which is on the property that the company still utilizes, uh, and sit and talk poolside to Joe Konevsky, who is an athletic trainer who has done a lot in the collegiate setting, uh, also has been a professor, and then worked his way into sales, and it's kind of a unique story on how he got there and how things just kind of happened to work out in order to do that. We talk a lot about things that were transferable, things that weren't, and then recommendations for people that are thinking about maybe that would be a good career change for them. So lots to take away from uh, Joe in this episode. And if you're going out to NATA, Joe will be out there. Uh, so feel free to go to the Mueller booth and say hi to him. As always, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. Check them out. You know, know I always got high things to say about them, and it doesn't change. If you are going out to NATA, uh, I unfortunately won't be able to get there this year. But a lot of things that they're releasing, Richard Davis will be there. He is their mad scientist and gets a lot of great products and things moving um, and will always be open to ideas that people have. But without further ado, please enjoy this episode. Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. We are on with Joe Koneski, and we are actually taking, uh, recording this episode at Mueller Sports Medicine in Prairie du Sac, Wisconsin, um, actually in Kurt Mueller's house uh, that I've actually never been in before, so this is kind of uh, a treat for me, but uh, we'll have some tied in video shots with all of that and just a little bit of the campus as we're going through, just because it is such a unique space. and. I feel like if athletic trainers ever got a chance to visit here, you just kind of get a whole new appreciation for what Mueller does. But that being said, uh, we're going to talk a lot with Joe just about his transition from kind of the traditional quote unquote setting sure. um, the university plus um, getting his doctorate to moving into the sales side and what that has all entailed. But before we get into that, I just want to turn it over to you to give a little bit of background. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, First of all, Joel, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, meeting with me. And uh, yeah, as, as you said, we are in our, in our backdrop. Here is uh, you know our founder and, and, uh, and owner, um, Kurt Mueller. He, uh, he you know had this vision of the company, and this is part of his home, indoor pool here. So not too shabby uh, setup. Uh, but a little bit about me. Yeah, um, originally from New York. I uh, went to University of Buffalo for my undergraduate degree, huh? uh, degree in exercise science. I was a student athletic trainer uh, there for uh, several years. Um, from there, after graduating, I went down to uh, Miami and went to uh, Barry University. Yep. 
and, uh, and did my master's in sports medicine down there. Um, and then from there, again, once getting certified, I, um, I worked at a high school for two years, yeah. uh, Coconut Creek High School in Broward County in uh, Fort Lauderdale area of Florida. And I uh, worked a couple of years at uh, St. Thomas University, um, which is in Miami. And then um, spent most of my professional athletic training career back at Barry University uh, as the assistant athletic trainer and then ultimately the head athletic trainer uh, for about eight years uh, before getting into the, uh, the corporate world, if you will. Sure. And, and we're talking um, in a previous conversation we had, um, kind of... I don't want to say dumb luck, but just like divine intervention maybe or something along the lines of how you got moved into sales because we were talking, um, I'm not going to be able to make NATA this year, which I really wanted to. Right. Um, and you mentioned the one year that I believe you didn't get a chance to go. Correct. Um, kind of launched the opportunities, yeah. if you will. Yeah, always thought about sales or, you know, this type of industry. And my father, uh, he sold insurance for years and, you know, I was around sales. Uh, and obviously a background in athletic training, you know, I thought about hmm, maybe medical sales. So, uh, yeah, as, as you kind of alluded to, um, I've been attending NATA for years at that point. Yep. And the one year my, my son, my, my wife is pregnant and my son was due. And I couldn't make NATA because it was close to the due date, yep. so I ended up going to another conference, um, uh, you know, a few months before to make up for the CEUs sure. that I would miss at NATA. And I happened to strike up a conversation with a, uh, at that time, a regional manager at Henry Schein. And um, you know, long story short, if you will, we, uh, you know, we talked, and he said, "Hey, we're looking for a, a southeast manager. Do you know anybody?" And basically said, how about me? <laughs> Fair enough. And, uh, yeah, after, you know, a few months of interviewing and, you know, uh, I ended up taking the role with Henry Schein. That's kind of my first role into sales uh, and, and was there for about four years with Henry Schein and, and from there my career went on. So, yeah. You mentioned, you know, you had always been thinking about it, kind of grew up around some of it. What was that draw as compared to, you know, kind of working in We'll just use traditional in the you know patient care you know type setting of athletic training. Sure, um, always had kind of an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, um, and you know kind of love the different dynamics of talking to people, talking about products, talking about the industry, and of course we do that as athletic trainers every day. Sure, uh, but there were you know there was different regiments that you were as as everybody knows out there as athletic trainers you're uh, you know you're kind of at the mercy at times of the coaches' schedules, practice schedules administration schedules so um, this you know getting into this type of industry or sales and marketing gave me a different you know uh, opportunity to do different things within the industry to, to help athletic trainers get the products they need to service uh, the athletes what was maybe one of the biggest or most difficult if you will like switches into sales you know you mentioned entrepreneurial and I've actually had somebody say that to me because I've said I don't know that I would do great in sales and they're like are you kidding like all you do is talk about ideas and like pitching things and I was like yeah but I'm not trying to actually like sell something yeah like, not that for, easy. for whatever reason like it just that's like a mental block for me right but uh, yeah it's not always that easy I wish right. it was but it's not um, you know the biggest difference when people ask me about that I say you know, the athletes, if you think of them as your customers, yep. they, they come to your training room, right? They, right. The customers come to you. <laughs> that's <laughs> not how it works. And that's not how it works oh, in this side of it. Yeah. You know, in fact, you actually have to throw out your customers sometimes or throw out your athletes, right? 
So, um, you know, with, with sales, you have to, they call it hunting, you actually have to go out and, and, and find people to meet. Uh, so that's kind of the biggest difference is, you know, versus people coming to you, you got to go find people at times. Sure. So, yeah, it's a give and take, but, but that's kind of the biggest differences I think there. I can believe that. Um, yeah. Skills that transferred from AT, you've kind of referenced some, but then also skills you needed to learn. Yeah, good good question. So a lot of skills definitely transfer because, you know, again, athletic trainers are talking to their coaching staff, they're talking to players, whether it's, you know, counseling them on how to, you know, rehab an injury or take care of an injury. Um, they're talking, they're almost selling a coach like, hey, this is why sure. your athlete should not go back in the game or should not yep. practice this week. Yep. You know? So you don't realize it, but you're, you're, you're selling them, right? And you're not selling them to try and get anything out of it. You're trying to help the athlete. Right. You know, and that's kind of what, the way I look at it with, with sales. What we do is, what I do is to not, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to sell you a product. I'm trying to show you something new, but I'm trying to help your athlete. Right. You know, I'm trying to help you help your athlete, you know, get better and get back on the field. And, and you know, working now with Mueller Sports Medicine, we have a lot of products to offer to do that. So, um, the, a lot of the skills that I had working about 10 or 12 years as, a, as an athletic trainer definitely transferred over to what I do today, for sure. Yeah. Getting people what they need has to be relatively fulfilling and finding that perfect solution. What else yeah. do you find fulfilling from the sales? Because, you know, there's always the meme or, the, you know, the joke about, you know, the used car salesman or, you yeah. know, somebody just trying to get you everything or, you know, as right. athletic trainers, I still, even now working in the clinics, I didn't get pitch stuff all the time that there's there's no application for us and what we do but yeah you know, you're getting all kinds of things yeah. Um, so yeah what has been the most fulfilling part of it you know there's several things obviously but you know sometimes again just just watch turn on espn watching a you know a pro game or watching college sports and seeing the products on the field that i help you know facilitate you know through different channels uh, I'm like, wow, we actually make a difference, you know, um, or products that, again, we carry that I see in grocery stores or, mm -hmm. you know, different, different sporting good retail outlets that I'm like, wow, people are buying these products because it's helping them. Right. And that's, to me, that's satisfying. You know, I'm, again, it's not, nothing against used cars salesmen. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, and, right. And they have a need, but, you know, we're not, quote, unquote, that, that mold of just selling something to sell it, you know, to make a buck. It's, it's, it's satisfying to know the products we sell are helping, you know, helping the athletes. Would yeah. you say, you know, from the different things, you know, you worked at a couple of different places. Um, you mentioned Henry Shine, yep. Game, you know, Game Ready. Yep. Um, now, now at Mueller, and you know, we don't have to get any specifics of everything, but sure. Kind of talk maybe about the intentionality behind each company of like finding the things that people actually need and want. That's something I know when I do the intros to our episodes and I talk about Mueller is that, in my experience. I've only worked two hours away, so obviously had a much easier connection. But like, sure. if you've got an idea, they will, you know, Richard or whoever you're talking to will definitely listen to it. Right. Talk about the feasibility. What's the, you know, obviously the scalability is an important thing. But right. How does that transfer? You know, from what you have from the sales side, obviously doing a little bit more than that with your background, I'm yep. sure in AT, and what ultimately gets put out into production. Yeah, so we have a, pro a process called StageGate, where we okay. actually, you know, everybody's got ideas. Yep. Right? And there's a lot of great ideas out there. There's a lot of quirky ideas that turn into great ideas. <laughs> sure. Right? Yeah. So it's got, that's where it's got to start, with an idea. 
and we you know there's so many ideas that come to us to Mueller and you know other companies too you know imagine a company like Walmart or something how many people want to pitch their products yeah. right so for us at Mueller we have a process where the, pro the, the idea comes in you basically kind of email it to you know a certain area it, it gets evaluated and then we have meetings about how to kind of narrow down what makes sense for the market yep. you know and there's obviously there's, there's financial implications too you know, if you're just going to sell one of something, or you're going to sell a hundred thousand of them, you know, right. so you got to, you know, there, there is a, a financial component to it for sure. Uh, so that's the balancing act between when a new idea comes in um, and, and whether it comes to fruition as a new product uh, that Mueller will, will carry or not. Sure. Yeah. That makes total sense. Misconceptions you've seen from the sales side, uh, mainly if you could kind of gear this to the athletic trainer that maybe is getting a little burned out in their role. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of that on social media. Uh, with the, by the time this comes out, it'll probably be within the last couple of weeks of you know people leaving because of, and just a laundry list of reasons. But sure. Um, obviously, there's yeah. only so many sales positions, but yeah. Um, misconceptions that you've seen around it. Yeah, I, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, like that used car salesman sure. mentality, I think is is one of them. Where again, someone's just trying to sell you a snake oil to make a buck. You right. know, I think a lot of the, especially the medical device sales people or marketing people, they're here to help. They're help here to help the athletic trainer. They're here to help a physical therapist, a clinician, to help treat their patient and get them yep. back to whether it's an athletic field or get them back to work, whatever it is. So I think a little bit misconception is it's all about just trying to make the sale and make a buck where, no, it, yeah, of course, everybody's got to make a living, no question. Yep. But really, these products come to fruition because they're here to help the athlete, you know, or the general population, in Mueller's case, because we sell, you know, we sell a product. Definitely. Yeah, you guys have a wide spectrum. Yeah. How has that shifted? Whether we're, you want to say we're still in the pandemic or not, we, we'll leave that yeah. up for other people to debate. Maybe but on obviously, the backside, hopefully, the hopefully on the backside, I think yeah. that's fair to say. You know, but obviously there was a big downshift in everything where it all got shut down. Um, but then, how are things kind of maybe changed for you since then? Conventions are finally getting up and going again. Yeah, uh, we'll see how that kind of continues to play out. With who knows, but yeah. You know, the pandemic's been a challenge for yeah. everybody, right? No question. I mean, it's been a challenge, you know, on personal lives. It's been a challenge for professional lives, financial, government, you name it, right? It, it's just, it threw a curveball. And especially in sports, usually, you know, when there's uh, an economic uh, issue going on in the world, yep. right? Or crisis, a stock market. Sure. Usually sports has always been immune to that, right? right. Everybody still loves to watch sports. Yeah. And whether it's professional sports, college sports, high school sports, you know, uh, peewee leagues. So all of a sudden the pandemic hit and that went away. <laughs> you know, like, no, you know, whether it was peewee league or, or professional league, I remember I saw when they said the NBA suspended their season yep. almost two years ago now. I think it was around two years ago now. And it was like, wow, this is real. This is, this is, this is no joke. And of course, from, Mueller's standpoint or, or medical sales, right, or all industries, sure. sales stop because you don't need those products at the moment, right? I'm not taping any ankles right now, so I don't need to get tape. Right, <laughs> right. Know, or, 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 you know, use rehab equipment or whatever it is. So that definitely threw things for a loop. Um, of course, now we're seeing supply chain issues as the backside of COVID comes sure. because a lot of products weren't being produced for a while. So again, now we're seeing, you know, oh, well, if you want to get, you know, that, whatever type of product coming in, you might have to wait that much longer. 
from our products to cars to you know you go to Walmart or, or uh, the grocery stores and you see all these empty shelves. Yeah, it's because of supply chain issues. Yeah, we're we're running into it with baby formula. Yeah, of all things. Perfect that's, example. That's something where we're stockpiling as yeah. much as we can as we've got one coming here. And diapers and things like that. Yeah. Where you're like, well, that's you know, who'd ever thought we'd have a shortage? But again, because of the pandemic things were being produced, produced, and now it's stopped for a while, and now we're trying to catch up. And right. it's gonna take a while. Right. Yeah, so that's where Mueller, you know, again, luckily we had different supply, um, you know, supply outlets. Yep. Uh, the way we met, you know, where we got our manufacturing from and things like that, so we're able to get a pretty good supply chain, but there's there's challenges. Absolutely. No, no question, so. You kind of talked about misconceptions, but what advice would you specifically have um, for somebody looking to get in, you know, start making connections talking to vendors what what do you what would you recommend you know get lucky to meet somebody at a convention which is ultimately i feel like the way most things seem to happen that's how i got really connected up with mueller and got to do some things um that's yeah i mean that's one of the ways you know again again i knew this representative we started talking we became friends sure and again he asked me that question you know you know do you know anybody who's, who's looking for this type of role and if i wasn't thinking about it or wanted to get in that industry, I would have yep. probably just referred them to somebody else. Right. But I, you know, I personally wanted to try this out Yeah. and you know, here I am today, but uh, I would say, you know, kind of alluding to that is when you go to conventions or you're talking to people, um, you know, get to know your vendors, you know, if, that, right. if that's something you want to get into, you think eventually or try it out, you know, when you're walking around the NATA convention hall and there's hundreds of vendors, you know, um, you know, check out everything, introduce yourself. Find out what the products are all about or services are about and get to know some of these people. Absolutely. And again, if you if you want to get into that field and then you ultimately would find out if they have positions available, whether entry level or, or higher level positions based on their uh, your experience. Uh, that's one way. I mean, there's so much social media now and, and right. postings with you know Facebooks and LinkedIn's and stuff. So there's there's a lot of avenues out there if you're an athletic trainer in a specific setting and you feel like you want to try something else. You know, again, take take a shot at it. You know, and, and it may not work out, and you go, you know, you can go back to hopefully a good setting that, as an athletic trainer or a clinician. But if you want to get into sales, marketing, or the industrial side, or corporate side, um, again, meeting people like in any situation is going to help. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to attest to that. It opened up a lot of doors just by randomly having a conversation and making a couple connections. Absolutely, so, doing what you're doing here with the podcast. Yeah. Like you're meeting everybody. Which As I've mentioned multiple times on this thing, selfishly has introduced me to more people than I could have ever have met. And, yeah. Uh, that's well, when I first, to connect. When I first start, you know, as a certified athletic trainer, I'm reading the NATA news, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there's the president of whatever. You know, I'm, I'm a, little, you know, a little older than you, so back in the early 90s <laughs> and stuff. But I'm like, oh, President so-and-so, man, it'd be cool. You know, now right here I am meeting these people right. at conventions and shaking hands with them. And, you know, actually they're coming to me to, you know, help, you know, make, you know, uh, sponsorships or, sure. you know, uh, I say deals, but that's not like the right word. I got gotcha. you. Uh, yeah. Partnerships. <laughs> yeah, partnerships. Yeah. 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 Work to, you know, collaborate together. Yes, you know, absolutely. That's probably the better word. Um, so, yeah. So it went from like, oh, just like reading about some of these, lead- the leadership with NATA and BOC to, yeah, hey, I got their cell phone and we could talk about For sure. things with athletic training to help help the clinicians ultimately. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Anything else around kind of making that transition to sales or um, that shift in your career? Obviously, is this something you see yourself kind of doing until till the end? 
of Hopefully, you know, retirement? Yeah. Okay. I, I think so. I mean, I, I do have a PhD. I, I persevered and, and got my PhD in higher education administration. And okay. I, I'm still a certified athletic trainer, and it's still my passion. Um, and maybe it's something I go back to before I retire. Sure. Uh, but, you know, as of right now, I, you know, I guess I'm in the heat of my career and, um, you know, in, in leadership and management uh, with Mueller. So it's something that, yeah, I mean, you know, the foreseeable future is, is something I, I plan to, to stay with and help Mueller grow and, yeah. and come out with new innovative products. So Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to cover before we jump into the athletic training chat questions? Um... That's it. Yeah, no, and again, I, I appreciate you know you you inviting me to do this podcast. Yeah. And uh, again, great background here at, at our founder Kurt Mueller's house with the pool. But uh, yeah, let's jump into the questions. I'm curious from your side, just because we haven't had anybody really from the sales, you know, kind of that side or the other side of athletic training. Where do you see the profession going in the next five to ten years? That's a great question, and I've already seen an evolution. You know, again, I've been certified personally for about 25 years since, you know, the mid-90s. And I've seen an evolution, you know, from the curriculum standpoint yep. to the practicality standpoint uh, to the way athletic trainers are mentioned in the media. You know, and now, you know, watching ESPN, they're they're using athletic trainer versus trainer. And those, right. those little things make a difference. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, the profession is going to continue to evolve. We'll probably see more third-party reimbursement, I think. Um, there's definitely more athletic trainers working in clinics and, and, you know, whether it's physical therapy clinics, physician extenders, um, I think that there'll be more of that as we move forward. Um, hopefully athletic trainers can continue to get more recognized in allied health professions. Mm -hmm. it's, it's still a struggle in some states, right? Um, but hopefully over time with lobbying and legislation, that'll continue to evolve and you know, athletic trainers will be think thought of in general as you know, again, an elite allied health profession right. uh, within the industry. So I think that's going to evolve. I like it. Yeah. What advice would you give yourself as a young athletic trainer, and if you could kind of set us in where you were in your career, and that you would go back and give that advice? Yeah, that's another good question. <laughs> you know, take take some more chances. Although I, I, I did throughout my career, took some risks and chances, and, and I and I say that by again meeting different people. Mm -hmm. You know, don't be afraid to um, you know try different things. You know, different techniques. Go to more seminars if I could to learn more. Yep. And it's challenging to get to get everywhere, but you know, again, it's a little easier now with everything being online. Right. And again, a little older than you. When I was, you know, early '90s, online, you know, emails and internet was first coming about. Yeah. So now you can kind of Google anything and, and pull it up. But uh, yeah, my my advice to myself would just kind of be more open-minded and explore, you know, explore everything, you know, whether it was taping techniques or how to do a rehab or manipulation, whatever it, you know, sure. whatever I'm doing. That's kind of my, I guess, my advice I give to myself. Awesome. Yeah. What has been the most influential resource? you have found in your career? And maybe if you could do one when you were in kind of more clinical practice versus now that you're on the sales side, if there's a, a difference in any of the resources. Yeah, that's a good question. I think when I was first certified or, or as an athletic training student, I looked to my mentors, you know, my, my head athletic trainer at the time, our program directors, um, those were my resources, right? And again, we didn't have social media and everything we have today. Not that I'm ancient, but it's just, it was evolving then. Yeah, I, I still remember Facebook when I was in college. Yeah. Early, 
two thousands, and I was like, this is dumb. Never, yeah, never, never worked. Yeah, out. which is why I don't invest in tech because right. I would. Uh, <laughs> Who ever thought we'd have electric cars? Right, right, right. 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 And now it's it's coming to commonplace, but. Uh, yeah, you know, those were the resources, you know, again, the people, the people mm-hmm. were my resources. And again, attending the trade shows, because I started going to NATA when I was, I think my first one was like, you know, late 90s as, as a student, okay. as a master's student. And I'm like, holy cow, there's a lot of people out here to meet, a lot of knowledge and a lot of, you know, a lot of things to share. Yeah. Uh, and that was, you know, as a young athletic trainer, that's, that's what I used as my, my resources, just meeting, meeting all these different folks in the industry. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, as I got older, now again, social media, yeah. emails. This is just so much information that I try now. I try to like, you know, how do I stay in a lane long enough to to be successful at it? Because there's just so much information. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. As an AT in your role, mm-hmm. how do you take care of yourself? And we haven't huh. talked about it a ton, but I know you're busy. Yeah. All over the country. Um, you said you currently reside in Florida. I'm in Florida. And my you're up in, yep, in Wisconsin Correct. for a week. So how do you uh, kind of take care of yourself with the busy schedule? And you were also, I'm not even sure where WFAT was. In Winnipeg, Canada. So at least you were on the continent. I was on the continent, yeah. But yeah, you, you've been around and my busy. My passport's been stamped a few times. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, so, you know, since coming to Mueller, I have a more of a, a global position. Um so again, I, I help you know with sales and marketing all around the world. Uh, we have a team of people; it's not yep. just me by yep. any means. Um, but got a chance to travel to Medica. You know, got a chance to go to Germany last year and England, and you know again up in Winnipeg, Canada last week. Uh, here in Wisconsin, and, and my home base is Florida. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a challenge at times. I do try and, and work out, if you will, a few times a week. <laughs> yeah. You know, I won't lie. There's times I don't. And understand that on the road eating eating good food and everything so uh, I was an athlete I played college baseball and I was actually a springboard diver so I, okay. I, I grew up as an athlete sure. and, and know the importance of taking care of your body uh, so yeah it's a challenge but I think you got to you know listen everybody preaches it you got to make time and, and, and kind of dedicate yourself a little bit a few, you know a little bit every week to, to make sure you're taking care of, of your, what I call home base your, yeah. your body yeah. to be you know to be successful I like yeah. it. Yeah. If you could change or eliminate one thing, could be a modality, a common practice, a mindset, or anything of your choosing within the field of athletic training, what would it be? You know, it's not something specific. I just think sometimes I, I you know, I visit a lot of athletic trainers yep. all over the country, and not only athletic trainers, physical therapists, chiropractors, physicians, because we kind of call on everybody. Yep. You know? uh, but specifically with athletic trainers, sometimes I see them doing the same thing they've done for 20 years, sure. you know, or 30 years, and you go, and, and they have, sometimes there's a bunch of challenges, I get that. Absolutely. But sometimes there's same techniques that, yeah, they work, but hey, things have advanced over the last, you know, 20 something years. So I would like, to, again, going back to being more open-minded, yep. re, you know, look, exploring different techniques, um, you know, different ways to treat things, you know, whether it's using lasers or ultrasound or, you know, compression units, yep. uh, or, you know, or using good old fashioned hands, right? Sure. We have all these tools, but just to kind of explore the latest and greatest and Hey, if it doesn't work, then go back to what you're used to and what works for you. No question. Yep. 
but I just feel like, man, that you know, I'll go and see this athletic trainer, and I'm like, you're still doing it that way. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like you know, we we have high definition now. You don't have to watch the black and white TV. Sure, sure. Know? And 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 they just don't, you know. Again, sometimes budget constraints, absolutely, which you can't help. Uh, but other times, they're just they haven't gotten out of that box. Yep. So I like totally. to see those folks kind of, you know, open their eyes a little bit more and um, and let let some new information come in. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, final question: What does being an athletic trainer mean to you? You know, ultimately, it's helping not just athletes but people. Yeah, and that's why I kind of got into it back then. Of course, you're like, oh, you want to be a doctor, or you know, I, I always wanted to do something in the medical profession. Yep. I just wasn't sure what it was, but I had a love for sports, and I think most athletic trainers out there probably have some cross between a love for sports and athletics, and some, you know, somewhere in the medical profession if you kind of do a survey of all the athletic trainers there'll probably be some of that common yep, denominator yep. there um, but yeah really just about again seeing seeing those you know when I was an athletic trainer in the university I would see wow look at that guy running now and he had ACL surgery you know a couple months ago and now he's up and running or he or she's up and running and I helped that right. and that's kind of what it means to me is is helping you know helping those folks get back to activity and, and even today what I do is these products that I help sell and sell and market there's helping those athletes get back you know to what they love doing and playing their sport awesome yeah um, anything else you wanted to share before we ask where people could get in touch with you if they wanted to um, well I'm usually on the road so if you want to find me physically I'm, I'm usually traveling all over the place <laughs> but, uh, as, a, as a global person but um, yeah I mean you know listen here here at Mueller Sports Medicine now for the last two years a great company you know, great products and really trying to help help the industry uh, you can, everybody can link and Google me yep, easily my name. So yeah, if you go on LinkedIn, you'll find me and we'll link that uh, up. Yeah, link that up and um, and be happy to. Uh, you know, it might take me a little bit to get back to you if I'm, if I'm traveling, but I'll definitely get back to you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, well, appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. For getting me a new sightseeing adventure on this, it's pretty awesome. So pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Appreciate it. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you for checking out this episode of Athletic Training Chat. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, a lot of good things to take away from Joe, especially if you're thinking about ever getting into the sales aspect of uh, the profession and all the opportunities that that provides. We're just getting, uh, within a couple days of this episode being released, getting our second Throw a Lifeline campaign out to a very deserving athletic trainer of some emergency supplies with the kit supplied. I'm Miller Sports Medicine, and we will then reset to going on our third one, which we already have some money allocated to to get that one up and going. If you're interested in helping out with that, throwing any kind of donation along the way, uh, please check out clinicalcrust.com backslash throwaway lifeline, or just continue to listen to the podcast, get the more people listen to the podcast, and any revenue that we generate from it 100% goes to fulfilling these throw a lifeline kits. We greatly appreciate you guys taking the time to listen, and we'll talk to you soon.